RC Plane Lab, a podcast for anyone interested in RC airplanes. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. This preview episode will help you get to know us. It's our way of introducing ourselves to you. We will tell you why we wanted to start this show and explain some of what you can expect from us after we officially launch the RC Plane Lab podcast on April 7th, 2020. We'll also give you some background on who we are and why we enjoy the hobby so much. So first off, my name is Ron Hall, and I'm an RC airplane enthusiast. And my name is Tom Dale, and uh, I love RC airplanes too. We will be releasing new episodes on a weekly basis starting on April 7th, 2020. If you find us and are listening before that date, rest assured we are working hard behind the scenes to bring some high-quality RC airplane content to you guys. And if you found us after that date, come on over to our website at rcplanelab.com to see what we're all about and to download and enjoy some of our other episodes. Actually, a bare-bones version of the website is live now before our official launch date, so please go and visit us over there and sign up for our mailing list, and you can be emailed as a reminder about our launch. So, uh, hey, Ron, since uh, I'm just kind of along for the ride on this, and you're the tech guy, uh, can you tell me why you wanted to start this podcast? Well, I wanted to start it because it's something different. It's something fun, something neither one of us have done before. That's true. Uh, actually outside my comfort zone. Well, mine too. <laughs> so I came up with the idea about five or six months ago and have been mulling it over in my head whether or not it's worth bringing it up and asking you to be a co-host or not. Finally, about three weeks ago, when you uh, you and your wife were over for dinner, I worked up the courage, if you will, <laughs> to uh, to see if you'd be interested in it or not. And you... Uh, and I was. Yeah, you said yeah. Yeah. So ordered some equipment, and this is where we are now. So yeah, yeah, completely, completely outside uh, my comfort zone. I've never done anything like this before, and of course, I jumped at the opportunity. And I'm flattered that you wanted me <laughs> to join you on this uh, sure. journey. Would you call it? Sure, a journey? why not? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, of course, I I said yes, and uh, I, I'm not really sure what to expect. Um, Neither am I. But I sure like talking about RC airplanes, and I sure like RC airplanes. So I knew I would not be able to do this by myself. While I can handle the technical side of things and making the podcast, editing it, and doing all that, right. I don't have the knowledge that you would bring to the table. So I'm very happy that you agreed to join me on this. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, yeah, I've been in the hobby a, a while. and Well, we both have, honestly. Me, I not mean, as long as you, but yeah. Right, but I mean, we've, we've been in the hobby long enough to, certainly long enough to put something like this together. And, uh, and I mean, it seems like I'm, I'm not a podcast listener, subscriber type. In fact, I, until you brought the idea up to me, I had never even listened to a single which, podcast. Which is funny to me because I listen to podcasts all the time. <laughs> right. So, uh, I never, I didn't know what, you know, even really what a podcast was. I mean, I, I guess I kind of likened it to a YouTube channel where you basically are just like a video minus the video, I guess, if that makes sense. Like a YouTube video minus the video portion of it. So you just hear oh, the gotcha. people you, sure. you know, in the mm -hmm. background. Um, so that's, I guess, kind of what I envisioned. But, uh, you know, after doing a little bit of research and 
looking around out there at uh, other podcasts and I downloaded a podcasting app, I guess is what they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we, you and I both sort of noticed that there's kind of a, a lack of um, RC airplane specific podcasts. There's a lot of, you know, other types of stuff out there, RC cars and and there's a lot of older versions of the the podcast and stuff that people that I've noticed and actually that I've listened to uh, over the years haven't stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot out there now right. to kind yeah. of fill the void. So, yeah. you know, hopefully we can do that. Hopefully we can give somebody something decent to listen to and yeah. teach them some stuff while we do it. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll uh, I think it'll be fun. Like you said, you know, you've you've got some experience and, and I, you know, have many, many years of experience. Much more experience. Hard to remember that, that first one, you know what I mean? Speaking of first times, do you remember the first time you and I met? I do. I think our memories of that event are a little bit different. A little bit different, but not too much. But not, yeah. Well, my first memory is I was outside my house, which happened to not be too far from your house About at the time. half a block. Yeah. Yeah. And I was out front playing with a, an RC car, probably a T-Max. And, uh, and I remember having a conversation with you about nitro-powered RC cars. And that's my kind of first memory of, of actually talking to you. Right. That's pretty close to my first memory. However, <laughs> mine was at my house. <laughs> and actually, uh, I remember, so you used to work with um, with a guy that lived across the street from me. Actually, it was the dad, uh, it was the father of a, a kid I used to run around with. Yeah. And you used to work with him, and he knew I was into the, the RC toys, cars, and, and such. And he introduced us when you were over at his house. I don't know what you were doing up there. Um, but you were, I, I, from what I remember up at his yeah. house and you were heading home or something when I was out and he introduced us. Yeah, that makes sense because at that time I would have been helping him with, uh, it's been a long time ago, but I would have been helping him. He was rebuilding a old pickup. Uh, and I think I was helping him with the engine yeah. and, uh, yeah. So that makes sense. And it, then that could be the more accurate memory, but either way they're, they're pretty close. So maybe the first time I didn't stand out and you just didn't remember cause you know, Whatever. That Who cares? Be. I mean, I'm this pretty weird, old. I weird have kid a lives up the street from me, and you know, <laughs> he likes the same thing I do. But whatever, because there there is quite an age difference between us. There is. Um, uh, at the time, I would have been 21, and that was so 2002. I think is about the the year it would have been. Okay. So I was 21 then. You were a lot older. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say? So yeah, I mean, in that at that, uh, you know, I would have been 41 at the time. Or I'm, so, I'm sorry, 31. I was going to say, I yeah. didn't think there was that sorry. much difference. So Math, ten, obviously, not my strong point. <laughs> so 10 years difference, ten years not difference, 20. Right. Not 20. Okay. But yeah, uh, so I'm a little older. <laughs> right. And actually, it, it's kind of funny, too, because I didn't put two and two together until years afterwards, after we actually became friends and were hanging out. I remember around that time frame, uh, I went up to the hobby shop and bought a, a nitro-powered car. I don't mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you what it is now. It was an HPI Nitro RS4. Okay, so apparently you know it. <laughs> um I remember it had a purple body on it. Right. And I, I really it was it was expensive. I want to well, say sure. it was three or four hundred dollars at the time yeah. maybe. Does that sound right? Yeah that sounds right. Okay. So I bought that um super excited to get home. Got home, started up, ran great, ran up and down <laughs> ran up and down the street and as I was coming back towards me, I uh, did a speed run. See how fast it would go, right. which was very fast. Sure. I mean, I was impressed. Two-speed transmission. And hit the brakes. The brakes locked up. 
rear brakes only. The car spun around, hit a tire, and just exploded. <laughs> it went into the garbage can because there was nothing. I mean, at the time, I couldn't figure out how to put it back. You know, Google wasn't around at that time, right. so yep. it was just trash to me. Yeah. Now, That's you guys, we kind of met back up <laughs> later in life. Right. Uh, we didn't stay in touch that time. It was probably... Oh, give or take 2014, probably, where we started kind of becoming friends again. Yeah, um, I'd say that's about right. And I remember telling that story when you and your wife were over <laughs> here for dinner, and come and to then find I started out, thinking about it, right? Come to find out that car was yours. Yep. And I bought it through the hobby shop when you were getting rid of it. So, yep. why was it just the rear brakes? So I had that car set up to race. Uh, we used to race nitro. RC cars. This was a, a touring car for anybody listening that uh, doesn't know. A touring cars uh, back then they were nitro powered, was four wheel drive. Uh, sometimes they had two speed transmissions. Sometimes they, you know, they didn't. Um, but we raced them on parking lots uh, that it, you, know, you just take a track and set it up with PVC pipe or whatever you had available, and we would spray, you know, grape soda, sugar water, whatever on the <laughs> track surface to make it sticky. Oh, and then we would buy tires that were very high grip, and uh, you know run these cars on that surface, and they actually had quite a bit of traction on these surfaces. Um, so much so that it was sometimes was hard to get the cars to turn. They would, you know, they would understeer terribly, mm -hmm. especially four wheel drive, you know, all wheel drive if you want to call it that, uh, nitro powered cars. So to get them to turn, we would. Um, on the Nitro RS4, it had a actually it did have a front and rear brake. Uh, there was a disc in front of the center diff, and then there was a disc behind. To get the cars to turn, we would add brake to the rear more so than the front to try to loosen the car up a little bit. Well, it loosened up a lot, apparently, because it ended up in a trash can. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of funny. Um, so it was that. So that's kind of a funny story that I enjoy telling now yeah, to, to people a, about story. how it, how it happened between us. Because kids, and it's so bizarre because no who like who would have known then that we would have that story so many years later? You yeah. know what I mean? I yeah, because like I said, we didn't catch back up till it was probably 2014 or so after I bought my first airplane. Um, right. We were friends with the hobby shop owner, the local right. guy that owned the hobby shop here. Yep. Uh, you actually worked at the hobby shop for a while. Part-time, yeah. Right. And that's kind of how... Expensive hobby, you know, so... Yeah, I know. Got to do what you got to do. Uh, that's why I spent many days in there <laughs> buying parts to replace things. So I think it was after I got the, the first airplane, you know, I, I would go in and, and buy parts, see you there a few times and say hi. Um, and then I remember he would have all of us over to his house for dinners. Yep. Um, yeah. Then we kind of started hanging out then, and then I at least have lost touch with him. I don't know if you have. Yeah, I have too. Uh, I I think uh, you know once he once he was done with the the hobby business, yeah. um, he went and some and pursued some other uh, full scale aviation type oh, okay. uh, That's cool. activities. Yeah, he was building, uh, um, doing some contracting stuff for the for the government with drones. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, big, I... big drones, not the little electric yeah. ones. But... Well, because I haven't talked to him it's, it's been years right so yeah it's been it's been a while for me too yeah but then after that you and i kind of you know your wife would come out and we would yep. have dinners on uh on the weekends and stuff and now it's probably once every couple weeks oh yeah sometimes it's every weekend you well know, you it know. just depends on, on well, we what we all have to going. Put together well that's now. true yeah you'll be out here a lot more now <laughs> so but yeah that's 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 a fun fun way to think about the first time we we met 
Yeah. So do you remember the first time we, or the first time you ever saw uh, an RC airplane? I mean, my first memory is, uh, you know, a memory of, of a neighbor of mine back in, uh, it was 1978, 79, somewhere in that range. Uh, my dad had retired from the Air Force and we moved to a small town here in the Midwest. And uh, I had a neighbor that had RC airplanes. And my first memory of an RC airplane is this shiny silver airplane that he was tinkering with in his backyard. And I just thought it was so cool because, you know, I'd read about airplanes in books and, you know, we, you know, learned about you know, World War II and things like that in school. And, you know, you see all the cool movies on TV, Tora, 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 and things like that. And you see all these cool airplanes. Well, here was this this little, comparatively speaking, airplane uh, and this guy standing over it and it was, it was making noise and smoke and uh, he was controlling it with this weird thing he was holding in his hand. I'd never really seen an RC airplane before that. So that's my first memory uh, of, of an RC airplane. Uh, that really takes me back. So how old would you have been then? So I, I guess probably eight, nine, somewhere somewhere in that range. Yeah. Okay. Well, so my first memory of an RC airplane actually would have been when I was about the same age as you were, uh, seven or eight, something in there. I remember we were at the park up the street from us, about a block and a half away. And there was uh, probably five or six guys out there with their own airplanes that, to me, they looked huge. But I'm sure they were, you know, probably 40 size and something like that. Yeah, so, uh, th- so this would have been approximately when, would you say? 80, 87-ish, 87, okay. 87, 88, something right. that yeah. time frame. Um, so to me, like I said, they, they, were, they were jets, but most likely nitro or sure. whatever in that yeah. time frame. EDFs and, and uh, you know, real turbines probably not. Not a thing back then, huh? Yeah, I don't know when they came out. <laughs> I didn't get into the hobby then, so that's just the first time I ever saw one. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, watched them fly around, and I was I was kind of taken by them, and remember seeing them then, and then didn't really do much with it till much much later when I got into the hobby. But that's my my first memory of a. Of yeah, a, I'm familiar a with the the park you're talking about because you know I just happen to live pretty close to that park now. Yeah, about half as far as <laughs> uh, my parents do. Yeah. Yep. So, so I know the park you're talking about, and it's not a huge park. No. Uh, so I'm, Three baseball diamonds is about all that fits right, on it. Right, right. So I'm, I'm, if I had to guess, you know, the 86, 87 time frame, they were probably not even electric. I mean, because electric didn't really, you know, take off till early 2000s. Take uh, off. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like what I did there. Yeah, I did. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, the probably, did do you remember them? Were they making noise? I mean, yeah, they, they had to have been nitro. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah. But I remember one was a Hornet. Because I love the Blue Angel at that time. Very cool. That was back when we still had the uh, the full scale uh, air show in our town. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that fondly. Yep. Saw lots of airplanes out there at the air show over the years. Yep, that was that was fun. So a Hornet. I'm I'm guessing. I mean, you know, I've been I've doing it a long time. Uh, a Hornet and and airplanes like that were probably what we would call it. You know, a, a tractor. Probably not even a pusher back then. Uh, I probably had a nitro motor on the front of it, you know, spinning a regular propeller. Yeah, most likely. It becomes mostly invisible when it's running. Right. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. So, when did you get your first airplane? It would have been it would have been the Christmas of of seventy nine. It would be the same the same year that I had my first RC airplane memory. Uh, the, the guy next door that uh, sort of introduced me to RC airplanes, his name was Mike. Talked to my mom and dad, and uh, he actually convinced them to let me go with him. A few times that summer to the to the field to watch him actually fly that that airplane that was my first memory. Uh, 
great memory. Uh, anyway, that so that would have been Christmas of, of 79, and he talked to my mom and dad and told them what to buy and uh, all the other stuff that I was going to need for it. And under the Christmas tree in uh, 1979 was, yeah, my, my first airplane and everything I needed to, to fly it. Nice. So where did they get it? So they got it, uh, you know, they talked to my neighbor, and back then, you know, there was no there was no internet. You know, you couldn't just fire up the computer and order it off of Amazon or you know, Horizon or Tower Hobbies or what have you. So they actually mail ordered it. That's back when you actually either called a phone number or you actually filled out an order form and mailed it in to the mail order company. And at that time it was it was Tower Hobbies. That is before Champagne. my time. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, they <laughs> they filled out the order form and checked the boxes of, of each item that they wanted and uh, wrote a check and sealed it up in an envelope and sent it in the mail to Champaign, Illinois. And, uh, you know, just before Christmas, I don't know when, but, uh, they got it and had it all wrapped for me under the tree. Wow. And uh, what was it? It was a, uh, it was a great planes, uh, trainer 20 kit. So my, my oh, first airplane kit. was a kit. You had to put yeah. it together. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, uh, the neighbor next door helped me. We built it over in his house and his shop downstairs. Very wow. cool over that winter. Yeah, and I actually, you know, had it ready to fly the the following spring. Wow, that's yep. a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, prior to that, all I had done was built plastic models and things like that. You know, built stuff out of Lego and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a real learning experience for me, and it was very, um, in my opinion, it was very beneficial. Uh, you know, because you know you're taking something that's in pieces, and you have to follow directions and you have to do it in a certain order and you have to use a certain technique and uh, I, I learned a lot from that uh, from that experience actually not so much these days you know you people buy an RF they pull it out of the box charge batteries and it's ready to fly it wasn't wasn't like that back then so my first airplane was an RF you pulled it out of the box and it was ready to fly uh, I don't know if I would have got into it if I had to build my first airplane sure. yeah. I would have been a little too scared yeah, uh, putting that much it. work into something and then flinging around in the air if you're not sure what you're doing and not sure if you can land would be a little, a little right. too nerve wracking for me. Yeah, that's why back then they they always and even in the in the instruction manuals they always told you you know have have help from an experienced you know uh, somebody who already had experience in the hobby to to get you started because if you didn't yeah it was a guaranteed failure. <laughs> well, not well back then probably for yeah, me yeah. it wasn't guaranteed. I, I was fairly lucky. The first time I flew was by myself. Uh, without an instructor or a trainer or anything yeah. like that. And I, I I lucked out enough to where I was able to take off, fly around, land, and, and have no issues. And the only real experience you had with RFC airplanes before that was that memory of them flying those jets in that field, right? Yeah. So for me, 2012, uh, I took my oldest kid to the hobby shop just because we were bored sitting around the house. And it's like, well, <laughs> what are we going to do? It's Father's Day. Let's let's go out and see what they That's have at the hobby shop. That's a bad thing to so do It, when it you're was. Bored. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we saw that there, and it was uh, 100 bucks, something like that. It right. included everything you needed. You just had to put the landing gear on, charge a battery. I don't remember. Put the decals on. It was just a foam plane, little uh, Hobby Zone Super Cub. Great plane, though. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a, a Good fun trainer. Yeah. Three-channel, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would not buy a three-channel to begin with anymore. Right. So going from three to four was a little difficult. Sure. Uh, your rudder's on the, the left uh, left thumb, you know, when you're when you're on a four-channel. And when you're learning on a three-channel, the rudder's on the right. Sure. Because there's no ailerons. Exactly. 
no problem when you're flying, but when you're on the ground trying to taxi around and stuff, and, and you need a steer when you're taking off. Usually. That changes things. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So it was actually harder for me to learn to fly a four-channel after learning on a three-channel than going to a three-channel yeah. from nothing. Yeah. Well, and I was I was going to say, I mean, this this could be a, a subject all on its own, but, you know, what the best piece of advice you ever got? Well, for me, that you know, the best piece of advice I ever got was from that neighbor of mine, Mike. He, he said... Uh, you're better off learning with four channels than than learning with just three and then trying to transfer later for that exactly what you yeah. said that very reason. I wish I'd heard that first. Yeah, right. But I mean, it worked out, so I can't be too too upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you started, did they have the the buddy box system that they have now? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. There was no there, there was no such thing as uh, trainer cords and and buddy boxes and you know with the with the spectrum radios you know we have the the slave and the master where the you, know, you can you can hook up a transmitter and take control just with the flick of a switch. Yeah. No, we had uh, we had the old uh, hand the transmitter over method. That's what uh, that's how we how we learned back in the day. Yeah, and the, the few seconds of no control with nobody being in charge right. is, is what kind of scares me. Yeah. Because usually you don't want to hand it back unless something is going on right. and you're afraid you're going to crash it. Exactly. And that's when you don't want to have hands-off. Yeah. And actually that, uh, you know, that crashes happened a lot during that uh, transition <laughs> from one person's hands to the other, you know, of the transmitter. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we did what we had to do and uh, I'm still in the hobby. So. Much easier to accept when you spent a hundred bucks on a piece of foam <laughs> flying around than when you spent money and had to put hours and hours of labor into sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I crashed. I crashed a lot back then. <laughs> I think that's normal when you start. I actually, after I flew a few times, uh, I actually didn't start at the field when I when I started flying. I just went out back here into the few acres we have and and kind of flew around the house. After I did that a few times and knew I was kind of be into it, I I bought a um, a simulator for the oh, computer. Right. Yeah, that helped a lot. Sure, um, but it does give you a false sense of security. Absolutely, they don't fly the same in real life as they do on the simulator. So it's good for taking off, yeah. for flying around, for landing, yeah. for getting the basics down. Right. But don't expect everything. The whole to... yeah, the whole everything is reversed <laughs> when it's coming at you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's difficult yeah. to get used to if you're not used to it. But see, I started out with RC cars too. Sure. And if you if you kind of get that with a car, you can get it with an airplane just right. as easy. Right. It's it's almost like it's a it's a trained uh reaction or or switch in in our brains, I think sometimes like especially with cars and and boats that are sort of two-dimensional. Yeah. You know, you're not worrying about the up down so much. Yeah. But yeah, once you get the left and right is backwards when it's coming at you. Yeah, that's a that's a big hurdle to get over. I remember Yeah, there are some people that can't. Yeah, when I, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> when I was learning to fly, I uh another great piece of advice I got also from the neighbor is that, you know, when the, when the airplane's coming at you, there's there's just one thing you need to remember. Stick to the low wing. And I I still remember that. You know, when the airplane's coming at you and you've got a wing low, if you move the stick in the direction of that low wing, it corrects, you know. Oh, okay. so that was a great piece of advice that I got. You know, uh, unfortunately, it didn't uh, it didn't avoid all the crashes, <laughs> but uh, it was a great piece of advice. Yeah, unfortunately, crashing is part of flying uh, at times. But of the ones you have or haven't crashed, what is your favorite airplane? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Uh, I've had so many um, over the years. Uh, About how many have you had? I I would say I've probably built. From kits or scratch, at least fifty over the years. Wow! Um, and I've had probably quite a few more with when you factor in ARFs and buying used ones and trading and whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I think I think my favorite would depend on what type of flying we're talking about. You know, if we're talking about, you know, just just going out, you know, on a relaxing Sunday afternoon in the summertime and not having to worry too much about putting on a show for anybody. Uh, I, I got to say that my favorite is probably the, you know, the classic uh, stick design, you know, the Great Plains big stick or the, I think Midwest called it the sweet stick or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably my, my go-to uh, for just all around, you know, just going out and having fun without too much stress. Um, but, you know, there's lots of different types of flying. What about you? Well, my favorite airplane, I would say, is the Sig Cavalier. Uh, that Great would be, airplane. yeah, that's my first nitro plane that I ever bought. Sure. It, uh, it just behaves well. There's no surprises with it. It's right. Very nice, slow flying characteristics. Uh, doesn't take a lot of space to, yep. to land and take a lot of space to take off. It's, uh, it's just a good flying little airplane. Yeah. And that's so. what I love about the stick so much too. It just, it just doesn't have any bad habits. Yeah. But the stick is ugly. Well, I mean, it's a matter of opinion, right? <laughs> I mean, with the right the right colors and the right covering and, you know. Yeah, um, it's, yeah not it's not everybody. an attractive airplane. Yeah, I, it's I not for everybody, but that's uh, okay. But, I mean, it's just Each such a own. sweet airplane. It just doesn't have any bad habits. It it never surprises you. Well, same yeah. with the Cavalier. Right. But it looks a lot better. <laughs> it, it is a good-looking airplane. Uh, although that's you. what, those are kits from, when would they have been oh, made? Oh, gosh, the Cavalier, the Sig Cavaliers come from... Well, early 80s, probably, maybe even late 70s. I mean, it's a SIG kit. Uh, yeah. It was probably a design by somebody else first from plans, you know, and yeah. then SIG probably got the, the rights to produce the kits from plans and stuff would be my guess. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking, I mean, I remember the Cavalier from when I started flying. So, I mean, that was, you know, 79. So, so it goes back. You could, up until probably five years ago, I know for sure, still buy the kit. Yeah. It was hard to find, but I did find one because I wanted to build one after right. I after I bought that one and flew it. Mm-hmm. So I, I did at least find a kit, you know, sure. that I can start putting together. Yeah. And you can always find, you know, not always, I shouldn't say always, but you can usually find, you know, through the secondary market, you know, used market or whatever, or collectors, you know, yeah. that, which is weird. There's, there's a collector's market for old kits, which is... Which you're part surprising. of. <laughs> As much as I hate to admit it, yeah, I've got a stash of kits too. But I plan on flying them all. I'm not buying them to for investments. I actually plan on someday, one day, building assembling them. them all and right filling up your shop. Well, the shop's already full, but yeah, <laughs> I have to get rid of a few to to make room. So, getting you know back to the question, you know, favorite favorite airplanes, and it, it depends on the type of flying. And I'm not much of a 3D pilot myself. But you, Nor am I. Well, but you happen to have like the perfect airplane for that, which it's not my airplane, but it is one of my favorite airplanes. It's, it's that big yak of yours. It's a fun airplane to fly. Um, it behaves well most of the time when you're flying it, yeah. but I can't say I've flown it very much because it's still a little scary to, uh, well, to be I, flying it. I don't know. The, the, the times that I've seen you fly it and the video, it seems like you're pretty comfortable with it. It seems like it has no bad habits to me. It doesn't when you're flying it. The The first time I flew it, it was perfectly fine. I mean, there was no issues whatsoever. The second time I flew it, however, um, I was flying a little more aggressive than I was the first time. You know, the first time was just take off, fly around, land, kind of see how it behaves. Yep. Second time I was doing more loops, barrel rolls, and all that kind of stuff. And I think the draw from all of the servos kind of caused it to brown out. Oh. Uh, yeah, not fun no. when, you, when you're when you flinging that much around. So especially for an airplane... 
that big to, to our listeners. Yeah. The scale right. of the airplane is what forty. It's a forty percent yak, yeah. uh, one hundred and twenty-six inch wingspan with a hundred and seventy cc twin da. Yeah, da one seventy. That's what powers it. Um, so I ended up after that because it browned out, and luckily, within probably fifty feet from the ground, it connected back, and I was able to very gingerly bring what, it back in for landing. What position was it in when it when it finally came to? Well, it was facing straight down. Ouch. I mean, it was about to just like lawn dart right into the into Ouch. the field. So yeah, luckily it reconnected and everything came back to me just in the nick of time. So I I brought it back and and like I said landed it. Um, Were your knees shaking? Uh, that wasn't all. <laughs> I, right. I I literally put everything away right after that. I got it landed, brought it back to the table, and shut it off. All other airplanes I had with me just took them all apart, put sure. them back in the trailer, and brought them home. Yeah, you were done. I was <laughs> done for quite a while. So there was a lot of research after that to figure out, you know, what happened because you know I just lost it. You know, lost signal. Lost. I had no clue what was going on. Yeah. After playing around with uh, that's a very and stuff, eerie feeling. Yeah, especially with a plane that big. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not going to buy another one that size. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, but anyway, so I had to buy a. Uh, I remember what it was called, but it was a whole a whole different power supply system for it that runs the batteries in, and actually it powers powers things differently. And I'd, I'd have to look into it again. Like that's a been smart a little board. While ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that that seemed to solve it, but. I've only flown it a couple times since then, and, and don't know if I plan on it anytime soon. <laughs> oh, you're going to fly it this summer. Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. we got to recover it, right? That's I would point. like to very much. Yeah. Yeah. Lots Actually, of rolls of covering. my favorite thing with that airplane is the, the prop sound when you're flying by is the, the what's it called, when the ends kind of break the sound yeah, barrier. supersonic. Yeah. Make the, yep. That popping noise. And that actually is in the intro. If you hear, uh, there's a, a prop sound, and that's that plane flying by you. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, that thing. Uh, it, it like I said, it's not it's not my airplane. It's yours, uh, but that's that's probably one of my favorites. And when when the day gets here that you're really comfortable with it, that'll be a great 3D f- type of flying, you know, airplane. Yeah, it's it's big and docile. Right. So I mean, it really flies as well, if not better, than most trainers. Right. Just because of the so size. it's not it's not really the airplane itself that that uh, is is so intimidating. It's the it's the it's, it's all the, the cost stuff of that's everything inside that's it. in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'll crash a forty size plane and not care about it because yep. it's a couple hundred bucks. But right. The motor alone on this one was eighteen hundred dollars. Right. So yeah, I don't want to do anything nope. to, to no, harm I, it. I totally get it. The servos are one hundred and fifty bucks a piece, and there's ten of them on there, and you know, there's a lot that goes into it, and I don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. So we're talking about our favorite airplanes. Do, yeah. do you have a favorite type of flying run? Yeah, I prefer sport flying. Just flying around, taking off and landing. Yeah. I don't really care for 3D. I like watching 3D, right? But I don't like flying 3D, mostly because I can't. But <laughs> right. uh, it, it's more fun. I can't either. Yeah, well, maybe one day. But it's it's more fun just to take off and land, practice landings. I think you can tell a lot about a pilot by how well they can land. Sure. You know, anybody can fly around in circles, yeah. but a nice landing with no bounds. Well, not anyone. Most anyone <laughs> should be able to fly around in circles right. without any problems. Right. Um, but yeah, a nice landing with no bounds, with a nice rollout, with a you know just a, a beautiful touchdown. I think tells you a lot about how yeah, good of a pilot. You know what is. kind of airplane does that really, really well? A stick. Just <laughs> <laughs> you make fun of my sticks. Only if you know how to fly. Right, right. No, you're right though. I mean, somebody who can uh, who can grease a landing in, no matter what they can do in the air. I mean, you still have to be able to 
to land the thing. Yeah. Right? So no, you're right. I I, I totally get that. Uh, I, and I agree. I, my my favorite type of uh, flying is is just uh, going out there and just doing it for for sport. You know, I'm I'm not a 3D pilot. Uh, I don't really aspire to be. I think it's neat. You know, like you said, I, I like to watch people who are really good at it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm impressed at the talent that is out there, especially on YouTube. You, you know, if you ever watch YouTube videos of these, some of these guys are, what they can do with an airplane is amazing. Oh yeah. More um, like a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, for me, it's a uh, sport flying and, uh, you know, that, uh, that seems to, I, I like going to the field and not having any pressure to like, Put yeah. on a show or anything like that, you know. So a little different than favorite airplane. What's your go-to airplane? Like if you're just going to fly somewhere really quick, what do you what do you just pick yeah. up and throw? In well, the truck? it seemed the one the one that I grab the most for just you know impromptu flying session is the little electric stick. Yeah, you know the little red and white thing. I think it's an old Hangar Nine electric job flies on an eighteen hundred three cell. You know, um, but that thing. I mean, I can fly it anywhere. I mean, I can take it to the to the park where you saw those jets fly so many years ago and fly it there with no trouble at all. It just yeah. seems to be my go-to. It's a one-piece airplane that I can just throw in the back of the car and take anywhere, and it's always ready. Don't worry about taking the wing off, nothing like that. It's just yep. ready to go. It's always ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I can take the wing off. It's a two-piece you know, airplane. Right. But, uh, I mean, it hasn't always been my go-to, though. I mean, back before we had electrics, um, you know, I had a go-to that was a— Sort of a similar style, uh, SIG made an uh, airplane called the Cobra. And they made a couple of different versions of it. They made a big one and a kind of a medium-sized one, a King Cobra and the Cougar. Uh, but it was a one-piece airplane. It was a, powered by a little 25-size uh, nitro motor. And uh, same thing. You could just throw it in the back of the car, one piece. It was always ready to go. Always kept it on a trickle charger so, you know, I could fly at a moment's notice. Um, but that seems to be my go-to is a small airplane that I can fly in a small space. Yeah, I think everybody needs one like that. That's the same with me. My go-to is yeah. a small uh, Edge 540 oh, right. that I have. Yep. It's about I the same size as that, uh, as your stick. Uh, where do you get your stick? Uh, so I think I think the little electric stick that I have, I, I got it in some wheeling and dealing with uh, with one of the club members. But I, I, I think ultimately it came from Horizon Hobby. It was a Hangar 9 oh, okay. airplane. Yeah, where'd you get your? Yeah, so I don't know who made the one that I have. It's a, a it's a stick built balsa. I'm guessing it was a, a an R for or something like that. Um, but anyway, so no, have you, I don't know if you ever heard of the the Highway 127 sale. Uh, only because I know you go there. Yeah, once a year. It's the world's longest garage sale. It's like 690 miles long or something like that. It starts somewhere yeah, up north a big and goes. Sale. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It goes all the way down through uh, Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, but we stopped at one of the tents on the side of the road there, and I saw a guy had had this airplane for sale, and it had been crushed a little bit on the fuselage, and he uh, he was asking ten bucks. Ten dollars. Yeah, ten whole dollars. <laughs> okay. So of course I can't pay what anybody's asking, so I asked him if he'd take five. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> five dollar airplane. Five dollar airplane. He said, "Yeah, you know, I explained to him that it was broke, and I'd have to recover it and all that, which it it needs it." Um, you know, I, I just kind of glued it together to see how well it flew before I spent the, the time and effort to cover it, uh, which does need to be done now because I like the way that plane flies. Yeah. I had all the electronics here. Right. You know, so I, it wasn't like it was a fully ready to fly sure. for five Still bucks. Still, $5 was, airframe. Yeah, airframe, five <laughs> bucks. 
I was happy with that. And having flown it myself, it is it is a good flying airplane. Yeah, behaves we'll well. Have to post a picture of it on the website or something. So yeah, we can put it in the talk show about. and maybe somebody will know what it is and tell me. Hey, there you go. That'd be good. Yeah. So yeah, that's so that's your go-to. It's a one-piece, you know, a little electric job. Yeah, I just take it out back, put it on the runway, and and go. So what what's the last plane you flew? Well, so the last airplane I flew is actually over here on your bench. About half recovered. Uh, <laughs> imagine that it's a stick. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> I just thought, you know, we, you know, kind of a tradition here locally is January 1st. We always go out at the first of the year, you know, rain, snow, shine, you know, sunshine, whatever the temps are, fly on that first day of the year to try to set the tone for the year. Cause we always say we want to fly more this year, right? Every year we do. Every year. So, um, so yeah, we we flew out there on January first, and it was uh, actually it turned out to be a pretty good day that day. A little um, wet, but not bad. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I flew the stick over here, and uh, it's it's looking a little sad. It's you know it's the covering has uh, come off in places, got a few holes that are repaired with you know packing tape and <laughs> this and that. So I felt like that airplane's been pretty good to me, so it deserved a a new uh, a new skin. So that's actually the last plane I've I've flown. Hopefully, it'll be the next plane i fly hopefully well after we get off this we'll we'll go start working on it some more sounds good to me so the last plane i flew actually was that uh was that edge that's, yeah like i said that's a go-to plane that's so easy yep just throw a battery in go out back and and run through it so yep i think yeah. i think i flew it that day too probably did because I, I don't think you did. brought anything out right so yeah we just <laughs> ran a couple batteries to that one so with as fun as as flying is do you prefer to build or or to fly well i i like to build. Um, I would have to say if I if if I had a, a choice to do one or the other, I would choose to go down in my my little shop and just kind of get lost in whatever project I, I happen to be working on. Uh, I, I get a real satisfaction out of sort of bringing something to life from just a box of sticks. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a I don't know if you want to call it a zen or if it's just you get in a zone. But I, I really really enjoy the the manipulation of, of putting pieces together and making something cool out of them. Uh, so I, I'd have to say I like building more than flying. I mean, I like them both. I'm not saying I don't like flying, but yeah, uh, I, I got to say I like building more. So you're a bigger fan of the, uh, the stick-built planes than the ARFs? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not inherently opposed to ARFs. I mean, I, they have their place. They're, they're, they're great. You know, they're convenient. You pull them out of the box and just some minor assembly, and you you got a really great airplane that's ready to fly. But uh, I I prefer you know building things out of out of sticks. Uh, that's how I got in the hobby. That's how that's how I got started. Um, it's a skill I think I think everybody should know how to do. I think everybody who plans on staying in the hobby for a while should probably build a kit at least once in their uh, in their hobby RC airplane career. Yeah, just so you can appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, all I, the work that goes exactly. into it and the, the yep. skills and quality. That's yeah. right. Uh, and, and covering, you know, we, you know, in our, you're, you're sort of, not that you're tied down to, to what that airplane looks like, because you can always take the covering off and recover it whatever yeah. color mm-hmm. you want, you know, but... Um, when, when you're building an airplane yourself, it is your airplane. You yeah. know, you can make it yours and, and make it look like no one else's. And I think, I think the individuality that you can get out of building your own airplane is something that satisfies me too yeah. you know, on some level. Yeah, that's fun. I, I would say that it depends on the time of year for me. Sure. You know, summertime when it's warm out and, and light late. 
it's more fun to go out and throw a battery in and fly through a you know yeah. a, a couple batteries or something in a night. But winter time is definitely when you kind of start to hibernate. It's right. dark early and yeah. It's oh, good I de- get... I'm, I definitely do most of the building in in winter time. I yeah, mean, summertime is it's hard to make time to to spend three or four hours downstairs in the in the shop building an airplane. But yeah, a lot more going on in the summer. So yeah. winter time is nice to just kind of hibernate and and get your stuff built to fly uh, when it warms up. And you've built your first kit here just you know over the last year or so. Almost years. not finished yet, but it's it might close. be. It might be by the time it's it's, it's time close. to get start flying this year. It's close. And you got some good uh, experience, you know, recovering this old airplane over here. Yeah, that's another fun one. That's an interesting story right there. How'd you get that airplane? Uh, Well, you can tell the story because you got it for me. (laughs) Well, I mean, it sounded like I was trying to feed my own intro there. But, yeah, that's that's an interesting story. So a club member, you know... uh, uh, passed away recently, and uh, as the the club offered to help the family by uh, you know liquidating. It was he had a lot of airplanes. Uh, this individual, and uh, so the club offered to help, and uh, I provided a couple of tables, you know, for them to display the stuff so they could get the stuff sold. And um, was it like an auction or? Yeah, it was like just a garage sale oh, okay. type thing, and we invited you know a couple other clubs, you know, from the area, and you know tried to get the word out so she would you know get the maximum value she could out of the stuff that was left. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway that, you know, when the, when the sale was over, you know, there's, there was always, you know, there's always stuff left over that nobody wants. Right. So what she did was, you know, she put it all in a, in a big old trash can. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, son, the, the Sunday following the, the sale, I went to go pick up my tables and I happened to see this trash can, couple of trash cans actually full of airframes, you know, in different states of repair and covering and, and whatnot. And, and this, in these trash cans was a was a, a, a Hobby Lobby senior telemaster, which for our listeners who don't know what that is, it's a really, really large airplane, but it also happens to be a really, really good flying airplane. It's a great trainer. Uh, it's a good heavy lift airplane. You know, a lot of uh, competitions are, are, you know, use this airplane for lifting heavy objects and, you know, see how far they can fly with it and whatnot. A vintage airplane. It is a vintage airplane, yeah. We're talking, you know, 80s, mid-80s. Yeah, uh, something like that, and you could buy these as kits and ARFs and all that from a uh, a vendor that was you know Hobby Lobby. I don't think they're in business anymore, but no, um, they I've looked them up. They're not. Yeah, and this was not the kit. This, this was, was the, the ARF, ARF version. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, in this trash game was this airplane, and upon you know just a kind of a brief look at it, it looked like it was in pretty good shape. Uh, I didn't attend the sale, so I didn't really get a chance to to look at all the airplanes that were there for sale. But uh, so anyway, I went up to the to the door and I knocked on the door and I asked her. I was like, "Hey, what uh, are are you are you throwing these these old airframes away?" She's like, "Yeah, I don't know what else to do with them, and uh, you know, I just I just want to be you know done with this, and so I can you know move on." I was like, "Well, would you mind if I took them?" She's like, no, I don't mind at all. You know, saves me from having to have our garbage man take them, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, put them in the truck. So I, so I took everything that was in the in the cans home, and of everything that was in there, the this senior telemaster was the only airplane that was really salvageable. Most of the other ones had either been crushed or or crashed, you know, or just otherwise too Mishandled. much work to yeah. yeah to bring back to life, except for this airplane that is now. 
sitting on your bench over there. And, yeah, 30 uh, feet from us, whatever it is. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all I really needed was some minor repair and some uh, covering. Uh, so you stripped off most of the covering and are in the process of finishing Starting up the covering. Starting from scratch, yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good flying airplane, though. Yeah, I like the, the red and black color scheme a lot better than the yellow. Yeah, so anybody that's uh, familiar with an airplane called the Beast, which was a a biplane Hangar that Nine. Hangar Nine produced. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar color scheme, and it's actually going to look really good on this airplane. Yeah, instead of gold, it'll, it'll have silver, but yeah, yeah, the same pretty much design. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to make a builder out of you yet. I could see that happening. It's fun. Right. It's, uh, it, it does give you. It gives you a sense of satisfaction when you see something that you built. Yep. You know, exactly. covered and flying around in the air. However. It's a lot more scary doing it that way than flying an ARF. Well, you do have a lot of, of time invested. Yeah. Um, and that's, but but in, to me, um, it's not really an investment of time. It's, uh, I don't know, it, it's hard to explain. Uh, like, it's therapy almost. I can get away, I can go downstairs in my workshop and, you know, work on covering an airplane or come out here and work on covering airplanes with you. And it's, to me, it's it's not an investment. It's it's quality time. It's it's time away from the you know the rat race, the grind of going to work and whatever. Yeah. So, I don't really consider it a an a, you know an, an investment so much as it is just a uh, it feeds me, not me feeding it. If that makes any kind of sense. No, I can understand that. Once once I have more time, you know, I still have young kids. So right. that takes up most of my time now. Sure. Uh, once once she gets a little bit older, it'll be a lot easier to spend more time building and, and have the extra time to do that. So, yeah, I definitely like to get into building from kids more. Yep. Or from scratch even. Yeah. And, that's, and that's something that uh, that I would also like to do more of. I've, I've got a few uh, sets of plans at home that I would like to build uh, airplanes off of that they just don't offer kits for anymore. Yeah. Um, and and that's something I'd like to do more of over you know over the next few years is now that my kids are older I don't have the yeah. I don't have the distractions like I used to I can I can devote a little more time to cutting out parts and gluing them together yeah I'm not there yet but I'll get there so what are you working on now so I'm you know aside from the airplane that I'm recovering here at your house uh, on my workbench at home I've got a uh, uh, it's a project for one of our club members uh, that I agreed to take on. And it's a it's a Horton a, a scale model of a Horton two two nine, which was a uh, World War II uh, German airplane uh, that they were developing a jet fighter um, to sort of come online at about the same time that ME two sixty two, which was their first operational, actually the world's first operational jet fighter. Uh, so it's an inter- it's a flying wing, uh, no tail, uh, no fuselage. It's a it's it's what we would call a blended wing these days. But it's all wing, and it's a big airplane. It's going to be an electric ducted fan. has two, two uh, I think, 110, 110-millimeter fans in it. It's a, it's oh, a that's big, big one. Yeah, it's a big airplane. Retractable gear, flaps, uh, slats, drag brakes, which are similar to spoilers, except there's one on the bottom and the top of the wing uh, to help control yaw because there is no vertical, you know, there's no tail on the airplane. So is that kind of like a B-2 bomber? Is that the B two? Yeah. That's the flat wing. Yep. Okay. Yep. Pretty, pretty much exactly, same idea, except not as angular. You know, radar wasn't as big a deal back then, so they didn't have to be as stealthy. Although this airplane was about as stealth as you could get back then, because the the cross sectional area was just 
very, very small compared to everything else that was produced at the time. So it would have been nearly invisible on radar at that time. Hmm. So so that's what I'm working on now. It's a, it's a complicated project. Um, it's a, Like I said, it's a big airplane. I think that it's a 92-inch wing. Um, you can get on uh, Google and uh, look up Horton 229 and it'll give you an idea of what this airplane looks like. Uh, yeah, we can post a link in the show notes too. Sure. Uh, but the, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, you would think you're just building a wing, right? It shouldn't be that big a deal, but there's a lot of stuff that goes inside, uh, this particular wing with the, with the drag rudders and the, and the flaps and the slats and all this other stuff that's, that's going to be incorporated in the wing. Uh, it was a, it's a, it's one of the more complicated builds I've, I've actually tried to tackle here, at least in the last few years, uh, because of the, the mechanics, you know, they, it's a. It was a kit that uh, the club member brought in from uh, Europe somewhere because uh, you couldn't get it here in the states. Oh. And um, so, it has plans and it has you know the kit parts, but they don't give you anything really for the like the mechanical aspects of it. So they tell you where to cut everything for to make the flaps and the ailerons and all that, but they don't tell you how to hinge them or how you want to actually build log them. or anything like right. that. Right, yeah, nothing okay. like that. So. It's been it's been quite a project. <laughs> Who's gonna fly it first? That's a good question. <laughs> Time uh, to tell, I guess. Well, because it's such a unique airplane and big <clears throat> and expensive, he's spent quite a quite a bit of money on the on well, hundred and ten millimeter fans and he didn't buy the cheap ones. These are like the cool machined aluminum mm-hmm. anodized. They're like red and gold. If anyone knows uh what that is, they can uh chime in or call us and let us know but um so i would be nervous to fly it myself even though i i consider myself a fair test pilot uh i usually am I'm okay with flying airplanes for the first time but i well there's a lot of people that come to you to to maiden their plane so yeah yeah you've actually uh, maiden more of mine than i have well i mean i i know my limits right so um if if the cg looks about right i'll i'll usually you know attempt it but this thing is uh, is so so unusual compared to to most other airplanes that uh, I'm 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 hoping that I that I don't get tapped to to fly this one the first time. Hopefully the owner of the airplane will either fly it or have someone else fly it, or maybe I'll be you know uh, conveniently sick the day he needs to fly <laughs> it. Oh no, you want to be there for it? I would like to see video because I think it's going to fly well. Yeah. I do, but uh, yeah, just. Uh, I think I'd rather see someone else test fly it. But, you know, if it comes down to it and he really wants to fly it and there's nobody available, then I guess I guess I'll be it. <laughs> then make sure I'm there when that happens. Yeah, you'll hold the, the I'll, camera. I'll right? hold the camera. <laughs> <laughs> about you? You got any projects going on right now? Uh, just Aside from the old Telemaster over here? Recovering that and the Cavalier I'm working on. That's about all right now. The Cavalier's close, though. Cavalier's probably got another couple months in it, and it should be able to be maidened. Um yeah, after we do that, and then we get the uh, Telemaster covered, I'll probably bring the big plane in and get that one torn apart. We'll we'll have to see how that goes, though. Yeah. Depends how much time we have. Yeah, that won't be the only big airplane we've covered down here. No. No, the other one was a little bit smaller than that, but what was it? It was 150cc uh, I oh, extra? Was, I believe it was an extra. Yeah. Extra 300? Yeah, with the Red Bull yeah. colors. Yeah. I think 118-inch wingspan. That sounds right. So I was eight inches bigger. Yeah. 
wider. Right. Where it counts. It's not a competition, Ron. No, it sure is. <laughs> That's a little awkward. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. Um, so what do you prefer to fly with? Do you prefer uh, nitro, gas, or, or electric? Uh, I'm old school. I got started by building my own airplanes. And, and back then, the only way to power them was with nitro, right? You yeah. know, electrics didn't really come on strong till 2000s, early 2000s, uh, with, you know, the advent of brushless motors and LiPo batteries. Um, and, you know, gasoline-powered engines weren't real... They weren't as mainstream as they are now, especially for big airplanes. So the only way to, to do it back then when I started was nitro. And, uh, and, and because I think I also built my first airplane, uh, that's probably why I like to build because my first airplane was nitro powered. That's probably, I would have to say that's my favorite. I, I like the smell. I like the sound that they make. Um, I like the, um, yeah, the smell is definitely unique to nitro. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah. I know there's disadvantage, you know, they make a mess and they can be kind of finicky, you know, depending on weather and they're hard to run in cold weather or whatever. But, um, for me, it's, it's, uh, it, it just takes me back. You know, it's, it's what I've always done. Uh, I'm a very hands-on type of individual. So I like to, I like to tinker with my hands. I like to tune them. You know, I, I you know, frequently at the field, you know, somebody, Hey Tom, can you help me tune this, you know, tune this airplane? It's, I just really, really enjoy that. Um, not that I'm saying the electrics aren't fantastic and the gas powered stuff is great too. Uh, but I, I would have to say that my favorite, my go-to is, is going to always be nitro, four yeah. strokes or two strokes. They all have their place. Sure. Yep. So the the electric is where where I would go. Right. Solely because I like the simplicity of it. Yeah. But when it comes, obviously, to bigger planes, I prefer gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot easier to work with than the nitro is. Right. A lot cheaper to run. It's cheaper to run, for sure. Yeah. And there's just... Uh, there's there's something to having an, an actual small engine with a spark plug that I like. Right. I don't know. Well, what and is. and you get into the to the really big airplanes like let's say your like Yak, Yak, for example. Mm-hmm. You I don't I mean, I think it would be hard to power that airplane with a nitro or with something nitro powered. Yeah, I don't know if you could or not. Uh, electrics are coming on. They though. they have some 170 cc equivalent electrics, but the batteries are huge yeah yeah and that amount of that amount of juice in one small area really makes me nervous <laughs> <laughs> electricity scares scares me to death yeah. I, I wouldn't even touch electricity in my own home so <laughs> i'll yeah. go with nitro yeah I, yeah i can see that but i i do like battery just for the simplicity of it yeah how about uh do you have a, an opinion on two strokes or four strokes uh four strokes sound a lot better right Right. So I would prefer that over two-stroke. But once again, you get more power out of a, a two-stroke. So That's true. There's pros and cons to everything. Right. It's, it's whatever you, you value most. Right, right. You know, if you want to go with a bigger engine that's going to weigh more, that sounds better, you can do that. Or go with a smaller one that puts out the same amount of power but doesn't quite sound the same. Right. Boosts the performance, though, because it's lighter weight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'd have to say I like the four-strokes. Uh, yeah. You know, they the sound and the... And it adds another level of, of complexity to the engine that you, know, you yeah. have to stay on top of adjusting the valves. And I'm just that You're the tinkering with the hands. Yeah. I, I think that's what uh, yeah. really kind of makes me tick. Yeah. So our our new tinkering project is going to be this podcast. Um, 
So I think I think we'll end it for this one. Yeah, yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, I think that was pretty good. Uh, I actually didn't know all that about you, so that was fun. Yeah, um, it was fun. So yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Our next episode is going to be a primer on how to get started in the hobby. Um, I think our plan is to have both of us talk about what we recommend for getting started. Right. Um, It'll be two what, different recommendations, but yeah. they'll be recommendations nonetheless. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we both would recommend different airplanes to get started. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what we're going to go with. And thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.